I I got as close as you possibly could to watching God's Not Dead with my parents over the Christmas break. Oh no! Like I saw the production cards, John. <laughs> like we we were a hair's breadth from watching this movie. Um, before my mom goes, whoa, it's two hours long. I want to go for a walk. <laughs> Great. And so instead of watching God's Not Dead, I went for a walk with my mom. That sounds much um, more pleasant. And it was much more pleasant. And then we got back and my dad was watching football and he was like, I don't want to watch a movie. And I was like, that's fine. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's that's perfect. It's I got like to you really dodged a bullet. Got to the part of Netflix where I saw Kevin Sorbo's name. Like we were so close. Uh, yeah, uh, I I don't even know what I'd have to do to my Netflix algorithm to see Kevin Sorbo's name. So I feel bad about this. Oh no! <laughs> uh, don't do your creepy, spooky laugh. <laughs> It's not okay. I feel bad. <laughs> God damn it! I feel bad about this. I get a text message today, and let me read the text message to you. <laughs> oh boy! It says, "Reminder: Your Araxi Restaurant and Oyster Bar reservation is tomorrow at six forty-five p.m. for eight guests." Uh, and then click a link to confirm to cancel. Reply with X. <laughs> I'm so full of anxiety right now. So I looked it up, and Araxi's Restaurant Oyster Bar is a, it's an oyster bar in, like, Vancouver, British Columbia. And it's what an the- expensive place. Obviously, they need reservations. So I think what happened was either they typed a phone number in incorrectly, and it was mine, or the person provided the incorrect phone. Somewhere along the line, this gets sent right. to me. Um, so I just replied with X to cancel. Right. Uh because I didn't know what it was. And I was like kind of freaking out. I was like, is this <laughs> like, I didn't in my mind. I was like, Oh, X to unsubscribe from this. Oh, you like, canceled somebody's reservation. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to reply X to unsubscribe from this thing. I didn't oh, want in my life. Yeah. And then when I replied with X, it said, thanks for letting us know your reservation has been canceled. I was like, wait, I just canceled some stranger in Canada's reservation for eight people at a really expensive restaurant. Oh my gosh. I, uh... Amazing. I don't know how to fix it. I want to see that (laughs) He can't text back like, no, wait. (laughs) Uh, I'm in Austin, Texas. be forgot and never come to mind welcome back to zero credits the first episode 
of 2021. This is the show where we talk about things. And my name's Henry. And my name's 2021 Vision John. And together we're Henry and 2021 Vision John. I hope I said that right. Uh, Whatever. My memory is shit lately. Doesn't matter. And we're coming straight at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist as they happen. Well, not as they happen. (laughs) We're live on the scene right now at the happening. (laughs) (laughs) We are right now at Mark Wahlberg, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Right. We are are walking up to Mark Wahlberg in The Happening and just we're going to ask him. What's going on, Mark Wahlberg in The Happening? Oh no, he's viciously beating someone. Is that it happened in that movie? No, but it's happened in Mark Wahlberg's life. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. That I mean, did happen. Uh, allegedly, I guess. Oh, is that an alleged? I'm pretty sure that's a fact. I I always like to lean hard on an allegedly. Just to protect us, like, legally? Yeah, you don't right. want you Henry, you have no idea what hell any amount of legal pressure could bring to this podcast. Oh, we, we, that, if we faced the merest hint of resistance, the podcast would be over. Oh yeah, we, we would immediately delete everything. There would be no trace of this. I would fold like a house of cards. Right. I am not about to call any of my two lawyer friends to be like, hey, what do I do? Because they would probably say, pack it up, it's over. Yeah, honestly, as far as as like a value proposition goes, come on. I mean, we've never even like LLC'd this venture. Oh, you're not in the LLC? No, I'm not in the... Wait, are you in the LLC for this venture? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Well, I'm a member. Uh, of what? A Zero Credits LLC. Okay, there is no Zero Credits LLC. Oh, yeah? If there is one, that would make you the sole owner. Well, I mean, do you want to join? I would love to join. What's the buy? I gotta ask the guys. I gotta ask the guys. Who's the guys? What guys? (laughs) I gotta ask the guys. Oh, it's a new year here on the podcast. And uh, to that end, I'm gonna crack open a cold one. I'm also cracking open a cold one. Interesting how we both said a cold one. Um, Ooh, mine is very tasty. Mine's also very tasty, John. Why don't you ask me about it? Oh, what are you drinking, Henry? Well, I'm drinking a new little product that comes from a company you might have heard. Uh, they're kind of big on the scene right now. Uh, it, they're, they're called Coca-Cola, and I'm drinking a zero sugar. Oh, wow. Are you doing that dry January? Here's the thing, John. Um Yesterday, I realized I had been accidentally sober since midnight on New Year's. I had not planned to go that long without drinking. It's just what happened. It's only been five days. I'm acting like this is a huge milestone, but that's actually pretty big for me. And therein lies the sad part of it. That's actually pretty big for me. (laughs) Oh, no. So I'm seeing how long I can go. I'm not going to commit to a completely dry January, but I am committing... Uh, to a drier January where maybe I drink occasionally once a week. See, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. Well, I was considering doing dry January and then like every dry January, I forget in the first couple days and you know, you slip up 
but I'm I'm generally trying to drink less this month than maybe for a while, just trying to be a little bit healthier. Unfortunately, before I realized that that was a change I was making, a friend of mine who is, it's a long story. She like trains the dogs of the owner of a well-regarded brewery in Austin. Anyway, uh, I got 23 tall boys of a very delicious beer. Well, that sounds amazing. It is the... Hold on it. So the interesting thing about getting beer directly from a brewery uh, is that they haven't put the labels on it yet. Uh, so it is a Tahitian Dreamin' by Southern Heights Brewing Company. I've never heard of Southern Heights Brewing Company. Are they local? Uh, they are local. Very good. Very tasty. This is like a, it's like a pineapple-y, grapefruity. It's very good. Is it an IPA? You know it. It's all I drink. Austin ruined me on beers, and all I drink is IPAs now. Yeah, it really has. And when you started naming fruit, that should have been my first tip. This is like a pineapple stout. A pineapple stout. Now, (laughs) stouts are usually kind of darker, and I can only describe pineapple as being light. Mm. You might think that, and you'd be right. All right. Well, that's interesting. A, A pineapple stout IPA. Uh, that sounds pretty nifty. No, it, it's um, just an IPA. I was describing the IPA, not labeling it. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to be in the second person who hasn't labeled this IPA. <laughs> That's pretty funny in context. Um, so, yeah, um, enjoy your beer. Describe its taste and the effects it has on your body. And uh, I'll see if I can res- withstand temptation. Oh, I mean, I think you can describe maybe the, uh, the the taste and the effect it has on your body of your Coke Zero Sugar. It tastes like battery acid, and I fall asleep 30 minutes after finishing a can. Nice. Weird. It's got caffeine in it. That's an unusual reaction. Uh, so, you know that 2.30 feeling those five-hour energy drinks created to sell more product? Mm-hmm. I will often, for lunch, have a can of Coke Zero Sugar... And by 2.30, I am asleep. Uh, So is that the 2.30 feeling? I don't know. Oh, no. But caffeine does not seem to work on me. uh, I'm actually very susceptible to the effects of caffeine, such that I try to limit myself to, like, one cup of coffee per day. I used to be, like, totally, like immune to the effects of caffeine and then i went on like a weird caffeine fast now caffeine is like a like a drug and is a drug it is a drug yes much like alcohol um i kind of feel like and this could get into some 2021 talk i feel like people kind of just need a fasting period and it's at some point during their year or their life to make the effects of the things that we do stronger you know? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people would benefit from. So a lot of times when you have like a like a gastrointestinal issue or you're allergic to some food but not allergic enough that you have like an acute allergic reaction, uh, you'll typically be prescribed this thing called an elimination diet, where you try to eliminate as many things from your diet as possible and slowly reintroduce things to see how they make you feel. Uh, I don't think that everyone has to do that. But I think eliminating things from your life is actually kind of awesome. I think we talked about this last January before the world went to shit. Is right. It's just nice to like 
I don't know. We tend to get overstimulated and and overfed on things we like. So like getting rid of those things for a little while is sometimes nice. It lets us reevaluate what it is about those things we enjoy. And this could even include like one's job per se, Uh, because I don't know about you, John, but in the year 2020, I don't know if you've heard of it. I did not take a single vacation because I was not allowed to by my company until Christmas. Uh, incredible. Uh, illegal? Um, not in Texas. Yeah, in Texas, really, employers can kind of do whatever they want. Yeah, the Texas Workforce Commission's official doc- documents on the subject say something like, to the effect of, not not quote, end quote, but to the effect of, you're lucky your employer even allows you to accrue vacation time or use it. I mean, in, in any right-to-work state, basically is written into law, it's saying, and we swear to God, if you look at your employer the wrong way, they can kill you. Right. So I, I took my first vacation. I took eight days off of work between right before Christmas to right after New Year's Day. Um, and so this past Monday was my first day going back to work. It was my first time I had to drive to the building to pick up documents to type. Mm-hmm. And whereas before, right before the, the vacation, I was very burnt out. And so I would just like, I would get to work, pick up the documents and get back home without even kind of like thinking about it. It, it would just kind of happen. But going back this first time, it was like, I, I noticed things on my drive and I like, I paid attention and like, it felt kind of novel it felt strange and new weirdly and if i didn't take that break it would just be another sort of like no thoughts kind of unconscious driving picking up driving back i feel like people need periods of rest to break up their their routines and we live it unfortunately in an economic climate structured around not giving anyone any breaks ever. Yeah, I mean, it it, it purely benefits the employer uh, to give people as little time away from work as possible. Uh, you know, that it, it's just simple math. But the, the thing about humans in general, which is, I think, kind of a scary thing about the way we live our lives now, is we, I don't know if this analogy totally fits, but like, let's say you're a, a bodybuilder, right? Right, I'm a bodybuilder. And you want to get like a a big bicep, right? Traps. You want traps, big traps. Trap delts and traps, brah. Big delts, big traps, brah. So to get those muscles big, you have to figure out how to only use those muscles because if you like pick up, let's say, you know, a 20-pound dumbbell or whatever, Uh, And your only imperative is lift it up. Your body will use every muscle to do that. Like you'll jerk with your legs and you'll swing your back and your shoulders will engage, your biceps, your forearms, everything will get the weight up. Because as human beings, all we want to do is accomplish a goal. And a lot of other things can kind of take over so that we don't have to think or stress or exert too much energy to do the thing that we're focusing on. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, it's kind of like your brain folds in on itself with the rep- the the repetitive ta- the repetitive task. So it 
if it can compartmentalize that one action, that's less energy it has to, to uh, dedicate to that action. Yeah, our brains are pretty expensive from an energy standpoint. So we are naturally, our bodies want to do things where we can just kind of do them autonomously and not think about them. Like I've had jobs that are so monotonous, I have not remembered driving to them or coming home. Or sometimes for like monotonous manual labor jobs, I've not remembered doing the job itself. And I think that that is a useful adaptation for humans when our lives were constantly varied. Every day was different. Some days we would die and we would have to look for food different places. It's like if there was a simple task that we could do, it would be nice to not have to think about it. But when our life is an unending stampede of monotonous, simple tasks, you can end up being one of these people who's like 55 years old and not really remembering much of what happened during the last 30 years of your life. It's kind of like the Adam Sandler movie Click. It is. Hold on. I don't know if you're making a joke, but I think what Click was saying is actually kind of genius. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's very much like the Adam Sandler movie Click. Yeah, it's just this like central idea that as we go through life, it's so easy to perceive things as being like uncomfortable. So we're like, ah, oh, fast forward. But the scary thing is we really do that. Our, our brains like don't like, for instance, drive somewhere and then walk the same place. If you drive somewhere, you notice nothing. You fast forwarded through your life. But if you walk there, you notice everything. Or if you bike there, you notice everything because it's required of you to notice things to like interact with the world, not just apply gentle pressure on the accelerator for 15 to 20 minutes. It can be as easy as just getting in the passenger seat as opposed to the driver's seat at to a pl- and, and you know on the way to a place you've been a billion times. You'll notice a bunch of other things because you're not doing the act of driving. You're doing a new action, which is observing the drive. Cars, in addition to certain elements of capitalism, might be like one of the worst things we ever invented for ourselves. And we should we should continually. I don't know if that was a word continuously and forever curse the Ford motor company for destroying what could have been a really great uh, network of trains. Yeah. Trains would have been great too. You get to see so much of the country from a train. Yeah. And leisure time. Like you could do things on the train. You could pursue you know, low energy hobbies like you could sew or or bring a laptop and, you know, do a little writing or even a notebook, jot stuff down. But instead, we're all individualized and cursed to drive these these screaming metal death traps. It's it's just so important. Like I've been riding my bike more lately and I there's this like really convenient eight mile loop near our house that'll just kind of loop around takes a little less than an hour. And sometimes like for exist for existence, Eh. for example, (laughs) the most recent time, the most recent time I did that, I like rode past a taco place that looked like a pretty great taco place. And it was near like a little strip mall and there were some houses. And I thought, 
Isn't it possible if you lived your life fully that I could live in one of these houses? Every meal I ever eat could be from this taco place. (laughs) And I could live as full of a life as I live right now, as long as every time I went to that taco place or every time I went to like my little trailer house, I would just fully absorbed everything around me and didn't like want a new job or like didn't have to drive everywhere, just had these material concerns and then just immersed myself fully in those things. And I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't be happy doing that. But between that and the total, the totally autonomous fast forwarded life, we kind of have to pick where in that gradient we want to live at some point. I choose to live at the taco place. (laughs) The taco place seems great. Yeah. That sounds like a cool taco place. I mean, it's, it's got scary to think about. And and I know that we're going to end up talking about how much trauma we're carrying from the time that we're living in right now. And it's probably a lot more than people really want to think about or have discussed so far. But I I, I think it's going to make us reevaluate the way we live and the way we work. I really do hope some reevaluation starts to take place, especially about how the way we work. Because if a global pandemic isn't going to shake up the the culture of work in America, I don't know what could. Like, it, it's gotta. I, I was thinking about this a few days ago when I was considering the whole drinking less thing. And one thing that I thought about was there was a time because of the culture of where I work that I think like on a monthly basis, I would like go and hang out with my coworkers and I would just drink until I was extremely drunk. And then I would Uber home and then I would lift home. And then I don't really remember those times. And I especially don't remember them as positive. So like, why did I do that? And so often, like, why why did I choose to do something that erased time from my life? And especially when you're going to the office, my commute was short for Austin. It's 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back. But that's like 40 minutes of my day. I was negatively present. I was the opposite of being present in the moment. Just 40 minutes gone. Yeah, I, I mean, it's very true. I have about a 20-minute commute to my work now. Uh, The only difference is when I'm driving away from work, I'm very acutely aware of everything because I'm so excited to be leaving that place that I can't help but be a little bit buzzed or or just jazzed to be alive because it means I don't have to be there anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I think the drive away from work for me was a little bit more present. I would usually listen to music, not a podcast or maybe a funny podcast and just be like this you know, life feels fuller than it did this morning when I was staring down the barrel of eight and a half to ten and a half hours of whatever it is I go and do every day. Right. And I think this speaks a little, I hope this speaks to how I want to pursue my my 2021, barring any global disruptions. Uh, <laughs> I, but I want to be more present in like everyday moments and actually do things get things done and try to, to achieve no more uh, zero days. Have you heard of this? Uh, like getting, getting better every day, maybe just no more days where you do nothing, where you don't take any steps in pursuit of one of your goals. I think that's good. I like that as a practice. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to start doing that tomorrow um, because I, <laughs> I have not done it at all uh, since. Just because I the, the psychic trauma, I guess, is the word I'm going to use of having to deal with going back to work after being away for two weeks. I I can't describe how happy I was to wake up every morning not having to work. And I think that kind of the nature of the system we live in is, I don't know that the, the, this belief that if you love your job, you'll never work a day day in your life. I think jobs exist because people wouldn't do them for free. Uh, I think everyone has to work a little bit, but like there's definitely an amount of enjoyment you can get from your job. Uh, And I, I'm, I'm looking at maybe I'm trying to like upskill and like look at the world in a different way and like, just say yes to more of my ideas in 2021. So like, I have to believe that there's a world where I wake up at least happier to do what I'm going to be doing that day. Yeah. If nothing else, looking forward to the part of the day that you can enjoy, you know, for me, I don't think it's ever going to be work. I don't know if I can ever get a job that I'm going to wake up and just be happy to go and do but I can wake up in anticipation of getting through work to focus on the parts I want to pay attention to and hopes of those exploding so large that I never have to work again. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing we all want is to be jazzed up about life and certain circumstances make it harder to be that way than others. Yeah. Capitalism for one. Yeah. Capitalism. I mean, everything we're, we've talked about that's uh that's degrading our quality of life, not just in like, measurable like monetary ways or in terms of our rights but in terms of our like base ability to enjoy life on a day-to-day basis uh significantly deteriorated by that yeah my plan is just to walk and bike more i need to get back into walking (laughs) it's pretty sweet i don't know if you've done it today but it's pretty nice I haven't, I didn't, I skipped today. I was just drained. You just rolled everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, I just rolled everywhere. <laughs> you just, like a lump. Yeah. Just, you, you stumble out of bed, fumble to the kitchen. Oh, I, the first thing I do is immediately fall straight to the floor uh-huh. from the bed. Uh huh. In hopes that maybe the fall will knock me unconscious so I don't have to go to work. Free sleep. <laughs> Don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and it's not you. illegal. I'm so, I'm so tired of paying for sleep. It's not illegal to knock yourself unconscious. Scott free. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm Matthew Lesko. The government doesn't want you to know that you can sleep for free. Well, thank you With, for that. By PSA. my book. Oh yeah, there's it's, a book involved. Dang it! It's it's a you do have to pay for my book, but oh, if you no, buy my six hundred page book and you smash yourself in the head with it, you'll sleep <laughs> for free. Most of the pages are blank. I just needed extra weight. Yeah, it's basically a slice of a tree. <laughs> a slice of a tree. Tree slice. Six hundred tree, tree slice. slices. Oh, do you have any? I uh, access to a group of my friends, and I I got uh, just silence in response but so i'll ask you uh do you have any new year's resolutions 
See, I, I'm someone who... I think we might you, have talked about this before. I, I used to do New Year's resolutions all the time, and then I became one of those people who's like, New Year's resolutions are dumb. No one should ever do them because you just put, you're just ensuring you're going to fail. Blah. I'm not that guy anymore. And maybe that's a change as of this year. Uh, I don't think they're dumb, but I think that what most people do with New Year's resolutions is they use it as an excuse to be down on themselves when they shouldn't be because everyone's like beautiful and was born with enough and shouldn't start the new year by thinking they need to lose 10 pounds or whatever. Uh, So that's bad. Don't start the new year by thinking that you're not enough and you need to change something about yourself. But you can start the new year uh, like I'm doing. And my whole resolution is... I just want to have ideas and not have my first reaction to those ideas be, that's dumb, don't do that. Okay, that's a good goal. That's a good resolution. Yeah, I just want to have ideas and say, hey, maybe pursue that. Or, hey, why'd you have that idea? And and most of them are bad. Most ideas that anyone has are bad. But it's for for me, someone who like is pretty well practiced in negative self-talk, it's going to be nice to like, you know, look at a box of cereal and be like, how come that's not a bag? And I'll think, oh, you know, they also make it in bags, but that's not a bad idea. These are your thoughts? You know, I have I have less genius ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now picturing a scenario where you have a thought. <laughs> and, okay. You just randomly have a thought. Hey, they should really cure cancer. And then your negative voice comes in and says, no, that's a bad idea. Why would they do that? You're so fucking dumb. You're so fucking dumb. If they could, they would, you idiot. You would not believe that that is probably, (laughs) with with genuinely good ideas, that that has happened before. But Um, honestly, I think a lot of mine come into, become like weird get-rich-quick schemes uh, or like small business ventures that I shouldn't pursue. And through auditing, I won't pursue but damn, if I don't walk through the world sometimes, I'm like, huh, what if I sold a shirt that said the word worm on it? Would people <laughs> buy that? Would people buy my worm shirt? Would people buy worm shirt? Also, uh, if anyone's listening to this podcast, worm shirt, patent pending, do not steal. <laughs> um, do you do this? I, I fall into this trap a lot, and I'm wondering if you do too. But when you have an idea like that, do you extrapolate to like getting interviewed on a talk show? It's like, yeah, I'm the co-founder of Worm Shirt and we just sold to Amazon for a billion dollars. And so I'm a pretty big deal. Like, do, do you do you fantasize about the success? So I take it a step further in that I don't uh, imagine myself interviewed on a talk show, but I do imagine the world after I've died and people... <laughs> talking about Jesus me like I Christ. was a, like I was a part of history they're like and then someone came along and they made a worm shirt wow okay yeah that is a step that's a step further than I go I just imagine myself on the resurrected David Letterman show <laughs> being interviewed Ooh, good by choice Letterman. good get that's a that's a great get oh yeah no if you, if you make it on Letterman like right like that's the end goal right yeah no that's that's awesome man good for you I know um that's what I, and so, or, you know, I can't talk about this because it's a podcast and those don't exist. Um, but Conan O'Brien, like making it on, the, like just talking to him on a recorded media sort of thing 
and like talking as though we're friends, like all of his friends do. And, uh, you know, I, I, I picture myself doing that when it's just like, yeah, you could be a comedian. Yeah, I mean, you're doing basically that right now. It's just, you know, a specific version of it. A uh, specific non-famous version of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if you that's know, a You know, people tra- once said that fame is a nutritionless clear broth. Sorry, I just took like the biggest gulp of gulp of coke when you when you. I just took the biggest that. gulp of a nutritionless clear broth. Pretty much, uh, so like it doesn't sustain you. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, and th- and people who are famous say the same thing. Like, it's this weird, out of reach goal that when you get it does not fulfill you. And uh, I, I, you know, there's no reason to want it, but we all want it. Like it's un- unexplained, inexplainable. Hey, we we have to imagine that Sisyphus is happy. That the boulder dude? Yeah, boulder dude. Boulder dude. You ever play that board game, boulder dude, balder dude? (laughs) Baldur's Gate? (laughs) We got there. They're making a three. I just started playing Pillars of Eternity. Oh, again. The first one? Yes. I I can't do the, the, the pause combat. I supported the Patreon at like $50 like nine years ago, and I still haven't finished that game. Well, it's like a billion hours long. Yeah, I love it, though. So what I'm Do hearing I? is your your 2021 goal, you're going to finish Pillars of Eternity 3 before 3? That's right, yeah. 2021 goal, I'm going to lose 2,021 pounds. I'm going to put 2,021 hours into Pillars of Eternity. Uh, and I'm going to finally stop being such a goddamn fucking idiot. <laughs> That's a great, that last one's really good. I, I feel like I'm going to borrow that one. Yeah. You can, stop, yeah, go for it. Going to stop being a goddamn fucking idiot in 2021. This is finally my year. I'm going to do I, it. I think it's attainable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Jamie asked me my, uh, my New Year's revolutions. I was like, write more. Eat healthier. Quit my job. <laughs> I mean, those aren't bad. So that that's my mantra for 2021. Write more, eat healthier, quit my job. And uh, to that end, I've written none. I turned down Whataburger in my head three times today. And I still work for the job I have. So, you know, we're getting there. We're making progress. Wait. It's day five. By turn down Whataburger, do you mean you imagined you were on a talk show where David Letterman attempted to feed you Whataburger and you said no? David Letterman, he's just I mean, holding you can call his, him David if you guys are like that. David is holding just an, two armfuls of, of honey barbecue chicken strip sandwiches. And he's just like, look, I can't hold all these. This is crazy, but would you want one? And I have to say, no, David. No. Mr. Letterman, sir, I'm eating healthier in 2021. (laughs) Also, could you hold on for a second in the middle of this interview? I have to call my boss and quit my job. (laughs) Also, I have to write more. And that's just applause. Just applause, you know, the audience, of course, because there's an audience. Yeah, the audience standing ovation, the applause sign explodes. Right. They didn't even they didn't even plug it in because they knew that they the audience would not need prompting. Yeah, they 
<laughs> they they saw you coming like that's the that's the clapmeister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the producer's like, we don't normally do this, but I'm not gonna plug this in because we know they're gonna go crazy <laughs> when yeah. you turn down the Whataburger. <laughs> if they're already applauding and we turn on the applause sign, there'll be a riot. Their hands, they they will clap their hands to little nubs. Like we can't we can't risk it. Yeah. When you turn that, because it's the segment producer who I'm talking to, is like when you turn down because it's a, it's a planned bit because it's all planned. When you turn down the water burger, like we we're gonna have to cut to commercial after the the two after the second minute mark of this, just their applause because otherwise we won't be able to st- get them to stop. Yeah, there, there's a little laminated placard in the producer's office. It's like minute two, cut to commercial. Minute three, deploy the national guard. Right, right. If it gets to three minutes, yeah, they, they've got a whole contingency plan. Because, uh, you, you know, talk shows are a lot like eldritch horror cults. Yeah, duh. They can't get too powerful. No one, if they get too powerful, there's no stopping them. Yeah, you want to keep the power in an acceptable range. Right, so write more, <laughs> eat healthier, quit my job. Those are my New Year's resolutions. And, uh, um, I don't know. Are they smart though? Do they have to be smart? Are they smart goals? What's a smart goal? Is that a you thing? don't know what a smart goal is? Is this is this where smart stands for an acronym? Yes, it is. I am full of anxiety. What are you doing? Hold on. Okay, so a smart goal. Oh. It's, you need to spend more time in white collar America, baby. Uh, oh my but God, a, I hate this. I, I hate a everything. Smart, a smart goal. It's a specific goal. It's a measurable goal. It's no. an assignable goal. It's a relevant goal. And I it's hate... a time-based goal. No, fuck this. This is what I hate about this shit. You don't have to have metrics. You don't have to measure success. It's crazy that they changed. So A used to mean attainable, uh, but they changed it to assignable. So you can assign it to someone? I guess. I hate it. I hate everything about what you just told me. I think that there's... I think that specific is good. Specific's good. And I think realistic is good. Why is it both realistic and attainable? This is dumb. It is dumb. Because... They wanted to use the acronyms. They had to make the words fit the acronym. Yeah, they couldn't make it SMAT. Or the acrostic. I uh, There's a lot of times in corporate America where you'll see that someone just really, they, they were really thirsty for the acronym. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to say in 80% of the time, upwards of 80% of the time, they're like, let's be Sonic. You have to clean Sonic. <laughs> Sorted, organized, neat. I clean. <laughs> that was yeah. a books a million book book a, books a million thing. They're, they're very much like we here. We believe in a we believe in a methodology we like to call quantum. That's right, quality, <laughs> u- utility, uh, <laughs> action, noble. Not bad. <laughs> Time to go. Time to go. Actionable management. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, 
they truly have the they they have the word first. It is the oh, most yeah. awful backronym. Backronym for sure. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Uh yeah, dumb. Uh, the, dumb. the good thing about the potential jobs that I would be wanting in the future, you actually work on stuff and you don't do the weird corporate LARP that a lot of companies do, which you get real sick of. Yeah, I, I mean, the live action role playing that you do in a corporate job, I've somehow not bought into for the past three years that I've worked at my corporate job. But everyone else around me has, and they've been there for 20 years. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You go to work to pretend to work. You go to work to, to speak up in meetings, to say what you've done. But I see you at your desk, and you do nothing. <laughs> well, I, I will defend my own participation in the work LARP, and that it makes it really easy to not work sometimes. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. If you, if you can say enough, like, bring us in alignment with and synergy with, and subject matter expert. If you can say enough of that stuff, people will give you a lot of credit. Right. Which they shouldn't, by the way. Uh, they, they absolutely shouldn't. It is the wrong way to do business. All you really have to do is say, I'm working on the blank project. Name the project. And like we're making real good strides there. And I, I foresee some really good progress in the upcoming weeks. And uh, it, you just rearrange that couple of sentences in a few different ways and you can coast on that for half a year you, you really can uh just send a lot of emails with arbitrary deadlines and then never do anything with it yep oh, <sighs> man. horrible let's get off this we're gonna try to have a better more present more focused 2021 and to that end we need to call out some of these people that at the end of 2020 did the weirdest heel turn I've ever seen. Wait, who are we talking about? I, so I'm describing this so I don't give it away, but like toward the end of 2020, and we all went, we all lived through 2020. We all know how exactly how bad it was. There were varying different degrees of bad, but overall shitty for pretty much everyone except for the billionaire class. Mm -hmm. And this was a sentiment that I saw everywhere I went and where I went was the internet because I'm still quarantining in my house but like on twitter on facebook on reddit like doesn't matter what generation you were from everyone across the board was pretty much like 2020 was a shit year and let's move on to a hopefully a better year but there was one small little population of people in there one little little group of contrarians that were just like 2020 wasn't that bad uh yeah, twenty twenty. You thought twenty twenty was bad. Well, you obviously didn't live through. I don't know what they said. <laughs> you didn't live through Pompeii. Yeah, they're real. Uh, th this uh, contrarian streak that a lot of people developed it. It ran the gamut from twenty twenty wasn't that bad to some people saying twenty twenty was the best year of your life because X. Um, despite the fact that this is provably false. Yeah, I, I mean, like, this is demonstrably the worst year we, both of us have probably lived through. But, yeah, just, just... <laughs> oh. All right, I found one. I, I, I didn't have to search long. Just, maybe 2020 isn't so bad. 
No, so, just, it's just completely wrong. The, there's a lot of people out there. I like to call them. I don't know if you're familiar with this from Twitter, um, but I refer to these like people who are already like posthumously pardoning 2020. And I think in bad faith, but I think the people who are already doing that are there. There's a certain cast of people I like to call the, I prefer $600 to a, to a $2,000 stimulus. It'll make me hustle harder. Maybe I'm just built different crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people who are actively turning away free mon well, not even free. It's their own money turning away monetary help in a time of economic struggle. Like, Oh, I don't need it. So therefore nobody should get it. Yeah. And also like that take number one, you're not hustling hard enough if you're getting $600 to begin with. Uh, but also like the fact that you are extrapolating out from yourself and being like, maybe if all these people who need to eat hustled harder, but maybe I'm just built different. Uh, but these are these are the people with the truly the worst takes. The the influencers out there who are like, maybe 2020 was the best year of your life. Unrelated, I went on 13 vacations in 2020. I had a very secret beach party wedding. There were only 20,000 guests. Yes, we were all tested and we were all safe and we all wore masks, but in none of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. <laughs> Wait, was that Kim Kardashian or whatever? It's everyone. It's everyone. It's everyone did that. Just if your first instinct is to just go against whatever anyone is saying, maybe take a moment to step back and consider, am I actually adding anything to the conversation by just going against what they're saying? Or do I just want attention? It's just so dumb. It's so dumb because you, for people who lost everything this year, like monetarily or whatever, like for you to say maybe 2020 was really your best year is insulting. Like there's this, there's this through line in discourse that we have where people use this kind of false, like optimism, like, you know, pictures of quotes on top of pictures of forests or whatever, where they like, use this kind of banal language to try to convince you that bad things in life aren't bad. They're the people who would fucking post a picture of medicines and be like, this is poison. And then a picture of force. This is medicine. Right. Yeah. Like fuck off picture of a syringe and be like what they want you to take. And then a picture of like a walking path, what you should, what you actually need it, it's yeah. the same. It's the same crowd who are like, "Oh, you're depressed. Have you tried exercise and a healthy diet?" And it's like there are larger factors than these contributing to my mental state. Thank you. There was this YouTube video that, uh, uh, rightly, I think, has been taken down, but it was this like raw vegan weirdo who was like, "How I cured my depression," and it's like. I woke up naturally every morning with the sun. I threw out my alarm clock. I went on a two-hour nature walk every day. And it's like, yeah, because you were born rich and you can <laughs> do those things and you don't have clinical depression. Yeah, like one of the life's greatest stressors has never crossed your mind for a moment. We get it. 
Yeah, uh, but no, th- those people, same cast of people who are trying to recast 2020 as a good year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 2020 wasn't a bad year. I made uh, $135 billion. But I think that the people who are saying maybe 2020 had lessons for us or there were things to learn or maybe we are stronger or better for having lived through 2020, I think that those are perfectly fine. Uh, You could argue whether or not they're true, but I think that those are things that admit to and acknowledge the shittiness of 2020 while also saying maybe when life gives you bad stuff, it also kind of gives you a gift. What kind of gift? It depends, like perspective, or sometimes if something really bad happens to you, it makes you appreciate things in your life a little more. Right. So like... Sometimes life can give you gifts through bad stuff, but if you try to totally recontextualize that by saying that 2020 was like blanketly a good year, come on. Yeah, I, I get the uh, the need to try to find like a silver lining and an overall bad experience, which is why a lot of the headlines I'm, I'm, I'd search for are all like 2020 wasn't all bad. And I, I get that distinction, but it's like at the same time, it's kind of like, can we just move on without observing the good stuff like it's shit if there's a couple of m&ms buried in the shit i'm still not gonna eat the m&ms because they were buried in shit like i just just let's move on 2020 was bad let's try to make 2021 better somehow any way possible but not by focusing on what's just happened yeah you know organize be better Bring a better version of yourself into 2021 than 2020 left you with. Exactly. No more zero days. No more zero days. That that almost sounds like a David Goggins thing or something. Is he the guy that I have no idea who it is? Yeah, he run, he push up. He run and push up. Sounds good to me. Now, of course, 2021... Almost a 2020 again. Uh, 2021 is already proving to be uh, kind of a showcase of stellar human beings. So, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to on that front. Stellar as in like some real winners or stellar as in like actually a good human being? You know, just like real, real good people. Uh, do you know who John Roderick is? Hmm... I mean, if I had to think about it this long, probably not, I guess. Roderick? Yeah, well, have you perhaps heard of him by his supervillain name of Bean Dad? I have heard of Bean Dad. I didn't realize this was an actual person. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, how much do you know about Bean Dad? Alright, I'll give you a small synopsis. Um, the podcasting co-host... To Ken Jennings? Okay, wait, hold on. You're reading? Don't read ahead. I'm not reading. You are reading. No, this is coming off of my the top of my dome. Uh, yes, that is true. But let me tell you a little bit about Bean Dad. Let me tell you a little bit about Bean Dad. I think it's a little bit better if we tell you... <laughs> like a frame story. Like a record scratch. You might be wondering how I got here. Alright. Uh, NBC News headline. Bean Dad John Roderick apologizes for Twitter thread about daughter. All right, so so far, racist tweets. 
No, what? What's so, happening? How do you comma racist tweets that? So, John Roderick being dad. Uh, he also, I think, made the music for the podcast, My Brother. My Brother and Me, once again, we don't talk about podcasts here. We don't, and we can't. Uh, so let me see. It's tough to find the actual thread again, but John Roderick tweeted. So yesterday, my daughter, parentheses nine, was hungry and I was doing a jigsaw puzzle. So I said over my shoulder, make some baked beans. Roderick's first tweet, which has since been deleted, began. (laughs) She said, how? Like all kids do when they want you to do it. So I said, Open a can and put it in a pot. She brought me the can and said, open it how? So I said, how do you think this works? She studied and applied it to the top of the can sideways. I assume he gave her a can opener. Uh, She struggled for a while and with a big dramatic sigh said, will you please just open the can? Uh, I was overjoyed for a teaching moment had just dropped in my lap. (laughs) To summarize the remaining tweets, one John Roderick, a.k.a. Bean Dad, uh, watched his daughter try for six hours to open a can of baked beans until she eventually succeeded. Six hours? Six hours. Her, his nine-year-old daughter. His nine-year-old daughter essentially forcing her to figure out how to use a can opener on a can of beans for six hours until she had prevailed. As a Teachable moment. Uh, now this, obviously, it's been well trod in the community. Uh, it sucks that he did this. This is dumb. Uh, what a dumb thing to do. What a what a bad parenting move. There are worse parenting moves, uh, like straight up fully abusing your kids. Uh, but this sucks, right? Yeah, that, that that's pretty demonstrably awful. Um, yeah, emphasis on the monster. <laughs> um I, I could get it for like maybe ten minutes, and then you show you walk them through a visual demonstration how to how a can opener works. But uh, at nine years old, I don't want my kid operating the can opener. Yeah, I mean, when you sit there doing your jigsaw puzzle for six hours while your hungry child tries to eat, awesome. The thing that I find more interesting about this, because it seems like for the most part, the discourse surrounding being dead kind of stopped after. People were outraged. Man forces his child to learn how to use a can opener over the course of six hours. I get it. That's that's kind of the juiciest, most fun thing you can talk about. But what they don't talk about is John Roderick's racist tweets. So like, here's the thing. Like, he tweeted this out and it blew up. So, of course, the first thing people are going to do is start digging. And, and this person was actually relatively well-respected, like, in the podcasting community. Like I said, his... His music had been featured uh, in another podcast. I think he was like a touring band member of uh, some band of renown. Let me see. Well, it's impossible to find out. Oh, Harvey Danger. I mean, if you like Ska Light. But, I mean, he was the co-host of Ken Jennings and their podcast, whatever the fuck it's called. So here's the problem, is that... People uh, found these racist tweets because when you do anything on Twitter that people don't like and you've made any tweets ever, uh, you better hope that uh, you you had pretty good takes on things going as far back as you can remember. Unfortunately, Mr. Roderick had made a series of, uh, 
I guess he was trying to be funny, but they were racist tweets, but they were also anti-Semitic tweets. And there were a lot of like weird conspiracy, like Jewish media control tweets in there. So it was a pretty bad look. So a lot of people rushed to his defense. Like Ken Jennings rushed to his defense as a co-host and a caring father Unfortunately, it looks like for Mr. Jennings and a few other people who uh, who came to defend him, they came to defend him before the comma racist tweets. And now they're having to do a second round of apologies, apologizing for apologizing for the racist. Hmm. It's real bad. Yeah, I mean, you can't really apologize for someone else's racist behavior. Yeah, I mean, it, they they ended up in a difficult but understandable position where, let's say you had a friend and you co-host a podcast with them. And let's say something came to light on their Twitter where they were kind of a jerk, uh, kind of a jerk in that like unique one of a kind way that like makes people really pay attention. Uh, you would probably jump to their defense and say, I know that it probably wasn't meant when they were kind of a jerk and it was out of hyperbole or humor, but they're okay. But then they said, and also there's a lot of racist shit in there. You would have to come out and then say, oh, well, I don't support them. I supported them until I knew the thing that all you guys knew, uh, Anyway, yeah, we've seen this time and time again with like internet entertainers where it turns out they're really horrible. When the news is first breaking, their friends will kind of jump to their aid and be like, well, you know, I've worked for this person for so many years and I've never seen this type of behavior before. So I don't think this is true. And then the story breaks and the receipts are shown. And then all those people get quiet and and delete their support and, and, and have to backtrack. Um like, I, I kind of get that, but at the same time, it's like, the only thing about Mr. Bean Dead is none of this was private. This was all for the public to see. These are his public tweets. This was happening the entire time. Yeah, it's, uh, you're familiar with the concept of a milkshake, Doug, correct? A milkshake, Doug? Milkshake, duck. A milkshake, duck? Milkshake, duck. Okay, I'm I'm familiar with the two words separately. Okay, uh, hold on. Let me find a good example of a milkshake duck, or at least the original tweet. Uh, so, hold on, hold on. Is this on. where you throw a milkshake and yell, duck? Uh, no, it is unfortunately not. Uh, let's see. God, why is it impossible to find the original tweet? Uh, yes. So from one pixelated boat, the term milkshake duck comes from the tweet, quote, the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you that the duck is racist. Right. Okay. You know, know, I I have seen that before. Yeah. Uh, So you see a lot of milkshake ducks on the internet. Unfortunately for John Roderick, he appears to be some version of the milkshake duck where they didn't even really like the duck to begin with. No, it, it was outrage about the the story of the uh, the, the six hour can opening, which is already in a negative light, and then like they kind of like shook the box, and more bad stuff fell out. 
Yeah, we don't often see an internet story where they're like, wow, what a piece of shit. Wow, what a piece of shit. Right, right. They removed the sticker on the box that said sales. Like, wow, this is racist underneath. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's on the front of the box. Like, I didn't have to open the box. It's just right there on the front. Yeah, really obvious. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than... Yes, let's keep doing this. Let's keep calling out races for their racist shit, especially if they're doing it in public, like out in the open. Yeah, it's uh, and feed your kid. Where was anyone else in that situation to be like, you know, while she's working on that can, I'll make her a sandwich. I mean, I th- I think that he had mentioned that his wife or something was also like loving it as a teachable moment or whatever. So what's six an awesome hours house to grow up in? That is awful. Yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, again, I could see like a ten minute try, and then like, okay, she's clearly not getting it, and she told me she's hungry. Here's how you do that. Now let's go over to the pan. Here's how you turn on the oven. Again, not at nine would I be doing this. Maybe at like thirteen. I don't want my kid around hot surfaces. I'm not even tall enough to see the top of the oven, the stove. That's what they call it. I'm so confused because apparently Jennings was like, it was brought to his attention, all the weird anti-Semitic stuff. And he said that Roderick is always the pro-Israel one on their podcast, which is a weird way to frame that. The what? Uh, he said he's the pro-Israel one on their podcast. Pro-Israel, okay. Yeah, uh, which is odd because it makes it seem like he's like, he's the pro I'm very anti-Israel. I, I hate <laughs> yeah. Israel. That guy you think yeah. is racist? He's like the, he, he's got all the Israel thing going on. I'm the one that has a swastika <laughs> on my head. It's a, it's a strange way to frame it because it's like if someone came up to you, they're like, hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that your friend said the N-word? You're like, oh, I mean, between the two of us, he loves black people. Right. <laughs> like, it's a very odd way to frame that. And being... I could I could see a situation where it's like he's pro-Israel because he doesn't want uh, Israelites over here. Like, yeah, I'm pro-Israel. Keep them over there. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of problems with Israel. I don't think that there's any problems with the Jewish people. Let's not talk about that. It's just just a policy thing. Yeah, I'm saying, like, I can see a version of him being pro-Israel but still being anti-Semitic. Like, it doesn't clear up anything. It doesn't... Yeah. That doesn't... And and why would you even try? Why would you even try? Like, you, you can see public perception is going one way. You're up maybe to be the next host of Jeopardy!, why not kind of be like, well, that sucks. It's I'm going to have to find a new co-host. It's interesting that Jennings then said, there's no access or any anti-Semitic screenshot represents any actual opinion I've ever heard from Axis. Interesting. Oh, poor choice of words, Mr. Jennings. And also, the screenshots aren't like doctored. Like, they're from his profile. And the man tweets himself like, Oh, you hate to see it happen, folks. He's digging his own grave. You hate to see it. They're going to get LeVar Burton. Uh, To be host or they're going to get him next? Oh, to be host for Jeopardy. 
Oh, that'd be great. I love LeVar Burton. Uh, yeah, LeVar I... Burton reads. Incredible. Can't mention a podcast. Ooh, we're doing that a lot this episode. Well, yeah, yeah. He has a podcast that I can't talk about. Yeah, huh? It's called LeVar Burton Reads. Oh, don't mention it. <laughs> I wonder if he's apologized in the notes app about his racist tweets. I mean, what's his Twitter handle? Bean Dad 47. <laughs> yeah, Bean Dad 420. Blaze it, Bean Dad. Yeah. Is it just his name, which was John Rogenstein? Uh, John Roderick. I was very. Yeah, close. he said all of those tweets were intended. To, I his account is deleted. Uh, oh. All of those tweets were intended to be ironic, sarcastic. I thought then that being an ally meant taking the slurs of the oppressors and flipping them to mock racism, sexism, homophobia, and bigotry. A classic thing for someone who's caught being a weird racist on Twitter to say. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Not the racist thing, but the bean, the bean of it all, John. This is coming from his apology. My story about my daughter and the can of beans was poorly told. I didn't share how much laughing we were doing, how we had a bowl of pistachios between us all day as we worked on the problem. Or we, that we had food the whole time. A bowl of pistachios that lasted us all day, John. A six-hour bowl of pistachios. Or that we'd ha- we'd both had a full breakfast together a few hours before? Well, then why was your kid hungry, motherfucker? Her mother was in the room with us all day and alternatively laughing at us and telling us to be quiet while she worked on her laptop. We all took turns on the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> Let me just say. We are even- just... Even if what he's saying is true, what a shitty house to live in as a kid. Yeah, what a shitty defense. Like, look, we had pistachios, jigsaws, and a, a laughing mom on a laptop. Like, we, where's we the had danger? pistachios, a jigsaw, and a, a laughing hag who would tell us to be quiet. We had it all. Oh, man. Ugh. Uh, I mean, there's no easy answers here. Congratulations, LeVar Burton, though. Yeah, congratulations, LeVar Burton. And, you know, we've never been in a situation where we've told a shitty story about starving our child. So let's take a moment to step back and, and, you know, how would we react in this scenario where we starved a child while eating pistachios and doing a jigsaw while they hammered at a can with a can opener for six hours? Wait, how would I react in terms of how would I apologize or how would I treat my child? I mean, I guess how would you how would you apologize or like how would you react to the Twitter outcry? Because the damage um, is done. That that kid is traumatized. Like that's happened. Yeah, I, I think that I would handle it. I think I would handle it maybe in the the nicest, probably most humane way possible. I'd apologize if you know people read into what I did too much and got offended. Um. I'd be sorry that they feel that way. I would at no point apologize for my actions. Um, And then I would say at the end, hopefully we can all move on. Right. I feel like as soon as people started to respond negatively to the story that I told, um, 
Well, I know my knee-jerk reaction would be like the go, okay, yeah, everyone's overly sensitive. Uh, my story's funny. Uh, but then when it became big, I would probably do the same thing that he did minus all the racist tweets. Yeah, probably probably avoid that one. Like if, if, if this bean dad thing had happened just isolated from the racist tweets, like if he had not done all the racist tweet stuff – he might he, he could be in a good location like he, he's deactivated his Twitter he's apologized uh, that apology keeps going and other people who I kind of respect like John Hodgman are kind of stepping in to be like look he fucks up and he knows he fucks up he's trying to grow like he's not I don't expect anyone to be perfect so minus the racist stuff he could be in a good position unfortunately he did racist stuff so like I can't <laughs> any any hope of of, uh, of climbing his way out of this holy's dog is kind of like gone. Yeah, I, I think the the problem with doing racist stuff on your Twitter is you've always kind. I mean, the problem is it's racist, but I think the problem from like an apology standpoint is later on in your life you've always got a grenade in your back pocket. Like you know, look at James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, the the eleven he did year dumb, old. He did dumb stuff, which is it's more understandable for him because his jokes were like dumb rote jokes everyone had told, and he had a certain brand at the I time. Do you want to finish the sentence I started with the eleven year old? Oh, please! <laughs> the eleven year old joke, but de- dead baby jokes he was doing at a time when everyone was telling like dead baby jokes as a form of like shock humor. So, like, in context, it kind of makes sense. And he's since stopped doing them. Yeah. But if you have, like, a prolonged history and you don't stop that history from becoming the present, like, absolutely. Like, you, come on, grow, be better. Don't tweet out. being dad. Yeah, don't don't tweet out out Hitler was entertaining. (laughs) Come on, man. That people would have been doing that for laughs in like 2002. Come right. on, I mean, yeah, that was 4chan, right? Like the the Hitler did nothing wrong kind of area of humor of the internet that was like early 2000s, and then they moved on. Yeah, like 4chan. I mean, 4chan never 4chan never got better. But it's like 4chan stuff. It's like fiad stuff. It's dumb. Right. It's dumb. Dumb jokes. Dumb jokes feed your kid. No, wait, no. Telling dumb jokes doesn't feed your kid. Those were dumb jokes. You should feed your kid. Very confusing. I am now feeding my kid dumb jokes. There's, a, I'm, I've got a can of beans on a pedestal. I just, you're all over the place, John. Instructions unclear. Wife laughing. Child starving. Yeah, a laptop is doing a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, there's a whole bowl of can openers <laughs> yes <we're, laughs> look <laughs> i told the story poorly there was a bowl of can openers that we were all enjoying the entire day as my bean daughter did a jigsaw puzzle for money with a pistachio oh that's my wife she was on the laptop and laughing <laughs> laughing pistachio wife pistachio no there's eh, nothing there is that anything there's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Mm. <sighs> well, Henry. 
So we had our first big Twitter cancellation of 2021. And hey, maybe the world is now completely a better place. All problems are solved after all. The year changed. The year changed. Everything's going to get better. Nothing will ever get worse. Nothing will ever get worse. Quickly checks the results of the Georgia no, don't. runoff. No, don't. Um, mm, shouldn't have done that. Mm. It's going to take days. It's going to take and days. It's so I close. Hope, hope it does. Hope it does take days. So uh, close. I am sick of elections <laughs> taking days. Oh, can, can they make a resolution to be like, we're going to get this shit in order? I mean, we would just have to fix our voting system, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. Compulsory online voting. That's my real push for 2021. Yeah, compulsory digit-based voting. You have to send your finger in. Yeah, you only get to vote 10 times. (laughs) Make them count. They gotta be issues you really care about. I mean... Uh, that that's a shame because then the older population would definitely be still overrepresented in the voting pool because they have less to lose. Yeah, but they get all their stuff out of the way. Bunch of racists walking around with no fingers. Eh, that might be better. <laughs> every, every election cycle, you have to include a bill that's like, we're going to cancel Medicaid or whatever. You know, we're going to cancel benefits for people over a certain age or whatever. And so they all waste their votes on that. We're going to take Social Security away unless you send us your fingers. Unspeakably Ah. dark. Yeah, completely. Yeah, okay. So that's how you abuse the system that we hypothetically just came up with. Wow. Mm. Democracy is just so easy to corrupt. Yeah, it's a really easy system. Man. If only we had something better, like oligarchy. No, that can't be it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know until we try it. We've only kind of been trying it for the last hundred years. (laughs) Really lean into the oligarchy. Just let the rich decide everything. Yeah, you know. They already (laughs) kind of do. Look, it works on paper. (laughs) It does. In that I have a piece of paper where I wrote down rich people are right. And it works on paper. Look, the theory's never been tried in practice. Listen, I know people say that communism is good on paper in that it has been used and socialism works, socialist programs work, so they work more than on paper, but I have a plan that only works on paper. So we got to make it real. Yeah. Fully automated luxury gay space oligarchy. Okay. I might have misheard you. Did you say gay space? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you not familiar with the concept of fully automated? Uh, what is it? Luxury gay space communism? No. Is that a Twitter thing? Is that a bread it very tube much thing? Is. It, it, it is. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Don't uh, worry about it. All right. Is gay mandatory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Okay. But the space Only- is gay? <laughs> The space, no, they're they're all separate but interconnected. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Working yeah. together as one. Exactly. All right. I get it in now. A, in a communist way. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All parts from or- each according to their wait from each according to their means. 
two each according to their needs. We're all waiting in that breadline together. What's the we're getting in dangerous territory. What, breadline? Let's just say un and uncontroversial zero credits take. Communism is, of course, good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're pro-communism and uh, oligarchies. And, you know, really, we just want some of that lobbyist money. We'll say whatever they want us to say. Yeah, we Man. haven't gotten a lobbyist yet, and we're going to lean harder into communism until we do. But let me tell you, the second we get an oil lobbyist, we are writing an article about how the COVID-19 pandemic has taken away the jobs from new oil graduates. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to talk about shale and dinosaurs. Sweet, sweet crude. Crude, crude. Peat, peat oil, I think that's a thing. Peak oil. That might be a thing. I don't know. What are you talking about? I'm insane, John. Peat oil? Oil from peat? Peak oil? Oil from peaks? From the peaks? I think it's down lower. I think it's lower than that. Look, I'm just going to type peak oil and see if anything comes up. Peak oil is the year when the maximum rate of extraction of petroleum is reached after which it is expected to enter terminal decline. As of 2020, peak oil forecasts range from 2019 to the 2040s, depending on economics and how governments respond to global warming. Ah, uh, of course, the uh, ironclad clause, depending on economics. So we, of course, would write an article saying that peak oil is not until way after everybody alive is dead. Uh, now, I, I don't know what article you were reading, but I've got an article here if you, if you don't mind me reading some of it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting <sighs> at some food oh and up gosh. through the ground came a bubble and crude. Oh, Oil, that yeah. is. Black gold. Texas tea. Oh. Well, the I first believe- thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kid he- folk said, Jed, move away from there. Said California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly. Hills, that is. Swimming pools. Movie stars. Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that article. Um, Really happy to have taken part in your bit where you read the lyrics. Yeah, where you read the lyrics to the Beverly Hillbillies. Man. What a what a first podcast of 2020. Maybe the best we've ever done. Best we've ever done. We knocked it out of the park. That's the uh, attitude I'm carrying forward. I'm re-energized. Let's end this podcast. Great. Now that we both reached our peak oil, yeah. I'm very oily. Uh, let's end this podcast. So if you – God, how do you do this? We I, took, hey, took it's the first podcast of 2021. You could reinvent it. I could reinvent it. I'm not going to. So if you want to send us some oil, you can do so on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Peek behind the curtain. I loaded up the Beverly Hillbillies theme song because I was going to do it between being asked for these things because I thought that Henry was doing the social media. And that stands for Henry. That stands for Zero Credits Podcast. With, and if you want to send us an email, you can do that to zero credits email 
Oh, you messed it up. You can, you can, no, no, we're not editing it. And I'm getting through it. You can send that to zero credits email address, which is, <laughs> which is uh, email at zero credits.net. Definitely a website. We are on Spotify. Search for zero credits podcast on Spotify. I confirmed you don't need the parentheses anymore, but that was a fun thing. Uh, and you'll find it. You'll oh, wait, uh, you listen to the, it. You don't need the parentheses anymore? Doesn't look like it. Oh, I'll be the judge of that. You keep doing the reads, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check your your face. Thank you. Uh and we are on Apple Podcasts. You can search for us on the Apple Podcasts app, I guess. Uh, it's on there. I just got an Apple device and it's on there. So I know that that exists. Uh, but stalling for time as Henry verifies. I'm having trouble logging Spotify. In. All right. And most importantly, <laughs> <laughs> most importantly, good start to 2021. <laughs> most importantly, a word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your all the new friends that you made this new year when you're listening to this in like may when they've cured the coronavirus and by may i mean may of 2025 but if you're listening to this uh and you've made a bunch of new friends tell your new friends tell your old friends tell your uh uh tell your friends i was about to get weirdly dark with it tell your friends about the podcast and we will have been told to people man if we miss a, a week i really get off my game uh hey, you no it. longer need the parentheses on uh the parentheses on on spotify it was always fun for me to say one of the two parentheses huh okay well i guess i'll have to change how i say that and from everyone here from the newly dubbed 2021 home studio apartment god damn it studios we want to wish you a happy new year and a happy week oh watch soul i was gonna recommend the people watch soul you oh, should yes, watch please. soul yeah if you want something good to watch uh after you listen to us talk about uh racist being dead uh watch soul Literally the first 45 minutes of this podcast, we're talking about avoiding living your life in such a way that you fast forward through actually enjoying it, which is literally what that movie is about. Watch Soul. It's almost like that whole concept of uh, what we talked about in the first 45 minutes is in the, is in the, is in the zeitgeist. I don't know, man. Soul. Soulgeist. Soulgeist. All right. Soulgeist. <laughs> Happy 2021. Goodbye. Bye. get better at ending sooner because i always flag really hard toward the end 
Yes, I think if we could cut 20 minutes off of every episode, we'd end on a real high note. All right, going forward, that's our plan. One hour, in and out. I mean, we can do that next time. I feel like it would be a... I don't know. I feel like we just have to be okay with not talking about a subject that one of us brought. Because, like, at some point I felt like I was kind of shoehorning the bean dead thing in there. I could cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Suddenly it cuts to us ending, making references (laughs) to bean dead, being very talkative. Cut it all out. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that.